0: My name is Zach Price, and you're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Emerald Podcast Network. I'm Sean Meadow. Joining me today is Sierra Webster. Hey. Maggie Venoni. Hello, hello. Next to me, Ryan Wynn, producing this podcast. It's Oregon Women's Basketball NCAA Tournament Preview. It's Tuesday, March nineteenth, 1.20 PM Pacific Time. The Oregon Ducks, a number two seed in the West Regional. They'll play the Portland regional is what it's also called. I'm gonna keep calling it the West Regional throughout this podcast because it's gonna get confusing because they'll play Portland in Portland State? and they're playing Portland State. So number two seed Oregon, fifteen seed Portland State, winner of that plays the winner of number seven seed Texas, number ten seed, Indiana. But we learned this about three hours early. ESPN with a huge blunder. I mean, the biggest, I think, anyone's ever seen. The bracket leaks live on ESPNU during a men's tournament breakdown show, I believe it was. Someone accidentally slips that in and it, it ends up on the screen and people are watching and taking pictures. It gets on Twitter. Everyone learns about it. Selection shows across the country get canceled. ESPN actually moves the time up from 4 p.m. Pacific time to 2 p.m. Pacific time on ESPN2, not 1. They don't even move around the horn. They keep that going because I guess that has a bigger audience than a woman's selection show for some reason, which is absurd. Truly. I don't want to get too into that, of course, but it has to be talked about. So we find out Oregon gets it early. Selection show is canceled. And for media, this changes things. We don't get to talk to players now until Thursday. Today was their day off. Fortunately, got to talk to Kelly Graves this morning. We'll get into that in a second. But it messes everything up. Fans are planning to come to Matt Knight Arena at 4 o'clock to watch this selection show. It's a pretty cool party. These players have worked their entire lives to get to this moment where they get to sit there, watch their team's name called on TV, on national TV, find out who they're playing. It's, It's one of the best moments in college athletics, and it's completely ruined. A sad day, but a happy day for many as well. Tennessee was one of those teams where they were bubbles. So they get that completely spoiled for them, in a good way, of course. They don't miss the tournament, which would have been the first ever for that program. But for Oregon, second straight year, number 2 seed, hosting at Matthew Knight Arena in the West Regional. Last year, an Elite 8 run ended in Spokane. This year, that Elite 8 run would take them just up the road, up I-5 to Portland at the Moda Center. Let's get into it. Portland State, though, first, here at Matthew Knight Arena, Friday at six. And that's going to be a big one. All three of us will be reporting live from Matthew Knight Arena for that one. Oregon, the huge favorites in this one. I said in the outline, is it even worth talking about? Of course it is. But it really, in a sense, isn't. I think something to talk about about it, though, is that this team doesn't have depth. And that means someone's going to be playing about 40 minutes that shouldn't be playing 40 minutes in a first round of an NCAA tournament. How does that affect this team's run? In the grand scheme of things, are they burned out by the elite eight?
1: I don't know. I think Oregon has played with a short bench all year. Um, they have. It's it's more of a like regular season type of schedule where you have two games a weekend with a with a day off in the middle. So I don't know. I mean, it is tournament style games, and as you know, as you get closer to the final four or final, those games get more intense. There's more possibility for overtime, but I don't know. I don't think that this is anything necessarily new for this team, especially with so many returners who have been on a or two uh, Elite Eight runs. So I don't know about that.
0: They had a huge bench, though, last year. They were able to get Mallory McGuire in, Adi Gilden in. Uh, You got plenty of depth with Sierra Camposano. It's just like a deeper bench that I know So all of them leaving and things changing. And I mean, the seniors last year, you had Hall come off the bench a lot. So there was just a ton of depth. They could switch the five. Now they they can't. They only have three on the bench. Uh, Taylor Chavez, as Graves said, has yet to practice. So she's probably out for these first two games at the least. He says he expects her to come back at some point this season that could be in the final four, if that's what he's talking about. Uh, He also did say, though, and I asked him this question, was are you afraid of a burnout with such a small bench that isn't getting minutes? His argument was, well, a bunch of teams have seven or eight deep. But I would say that this team has a different type of seven deep, different type of eight deep. That bench is not playing a lot of minutes. That game against Stanford, they did not get a lot of minutes. Yeah, Stanford played only eight players, but they had all of those players get double-digit minutes. Oregon's bench each had single-digit. So to me, that's a worrying sign. But Chavez out, also huge factor. She's the biggest point getter on that bench. Morgan Yeager's going to have a lot of weight on her shoulders for this one when she comes in for anyone in that backcourt.
1: Two big things that I think we should talk about talking about the Potent State matchup is one um, in the big sky tournament championship tournament, uh, Portland as a number four seed upsets number one, Idaho, and then ends up winning the championship. So this team is in the business making upsets and maybe surprising teams. And so I think coming off of that big energy as opposed to Oregon, who's coming off of a game that they should have won, but lost as like a number one seed. I think also because Eugene is close to Portland, I think, um, which I think that there'll be more Portland state fans probably in the stands, which won't be true for like, isn't always necessarily true for first and second round games where teams are traveling across the country. Yeah.
0: Like Texas or Indiana.
1: Totally. They mm-hmm. might
0: have some fans, though. Maybe some softball converted fans. <laughs> <You> also, <laughs> they note White.
2: that half the student section will be gone because of spring break. So you're having less, hopefully not less Oregon pl- fans there, but you'll have more of the Eugene local fans there for sure.
0: I-, I think that's not even something they'd be concerned about at this point, right? Like the students who are... Because it's not like a true student section, right?
2: Uh, I have no idea. During tournament?
0: I don't think there's a true student section. I think there's student tickets that you can buy.
2: I guess that's right because they sell. They sell the, they sell all the pit group the, the pit crew section is sold out to...
0: I don't even think those are seats.
2: No, I know. I'm st- I think that's sold out. Isn't it sold out to the like, other people? Yeah, like people? those aren't like student seats. No, yeah, I think yeah. you're right. I think you're right. Okay, scratch that all. So I don't. I don't <laughs>
0: think students have the biggest effect. Like it might have in that Mississippi State game, right? Which is a team they might play. We talked about this hypothetically, right? Those hypotheticals turned into. Truths. Syracuse is that Sweet 16 team and uh, Mississippi State's that possible Maybe. Elite 8 team. Yeah, possible. Oh, So it still is hypothetical, but if everything were to go exactly according to plan for everyone mm-hmm. in the higher seeds, which it does generally in the women's tournament. Last year, all four teams in the final four were number one seeds. Yeah, And also, the two teams in the national championship, I think I've got this right, lost their tournament, their conference championship games. If that bodes... Anything for Oregon. It's not too bad.
2: Granted, last time Oregon played both Mississippi State and Syracuse, they had a full bench. That's true. So, I mean, how does much of so that take an effect of... Grant, we don't know when Taylor will be back. We don't know how far along she is in her Quote, injury. some point. Some point, which is very vague, as it sounds. Um, but you would hope that maybe she would heal enough or the team would be... If you're Oregon, you're hoping that she'd be able to play before you reach those two opponents if they do reach those opponents.
0: Absolutely. Texas, Indiana, that would be the possibility in the round after. Those are a little bit of a different matchup. Oregon was a 10 seed, so they will definitely resonate with Indiana. And I was it last year it was a 10 seed Minnesota Yeah, it was. that played Oregon? It was. And I remember Oregon talking a little bit about that, saying, hey, we were in your shoes. We get yeah, it. Yeah. And Oregon wiped the floor with them. So they know that 10 seeds can do things to you. Mm-hmm. They know that 15 seeds can do things to you. So I think this team is not going to go in without confidence, especially with a player like Sabrina Ionescu, where Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter the opponent that she plays. She's going all in. Yeah. But you got Ruthie Hebert, you got Sabrina Ionescu, you got that pick and roll. And that thing is just flawless most of the time. So this, I think they get through first two rounds without much hassle, kind of like last year. Portland Regional. Potential Sweet 16 with number 3 seed Syracuse. Potential Elite 8 game with number 1 seed Mississippi State. Played both of them this season. Beat both of them this season at Matthew Knight Arena. Similar atmosphere would be expected at the Moda Center because it is in Portland. Right. Just a two-hour drive up I-5. Plenty Duck fans in Portland. And I think that bodes really well. Could this bracket have fallen any better for Oregon? I think this is the best potential bracket they could have had. Do either of you think anything differently? Do you think playing against Notre Dame would have been better? Anyone else? Like, I mean, Louisville or Baylor? I think Baylor's.
1: I think legit. I think though, I agree with you. Uh, but I think the one thing that makes me um, a little hesitant is that because because Mississippi State and Syracuse have both seen Oregon this season, like this team, I think that that gives them a little bit of an edge, like knowing. Right, like, knowing what Oregon like brings. it goes both
0: ways. Like, as much as right, that's like, a positive for Oregon, it is for them. Right,
1: like, uh, Tierra McCowan was totally shut down, but, like, maybe now they know how, like, they've made adjustments and done some work to figure out, okay, like, how do how do we play post against Ruthie Hebert? What? I think that there's just, like, she wasn't totally shut down. She had five was points. Was Oregon
0: undefeated when they played both of those games still? Or had they lost to Michigan State? They you had lost. They had to
2: Michigan State before Mississippi State.
0: Yeah, okay. So they... But that was a weird game, though, that Michigan State. So, like, they've seen how to shut down Ruthie Hebert now, because Stanford did it. Right. Other teams have done it.
1: Right, right. So, I think, I think also, I mean, those games were in November, December, like months and months ago. I think, um,
0: like full strength I, teams. Yeah, yeah, and I,
1: I think, I think Oregon looks pretty different now. These teams probably look pretty different now, um, different strengths and different weaknesses, um, and both have. Data on Oregon that they didn't have necessarily the first time that they played. It's
0: a great point. I think that changes a lot and it does. It could go the other way as well, though. Oregon, seeing Syracuse, seeing Mississippi mm-hmm. State throughout the year.
1: No, they know what works it's, against them.
0: I think that might actually make for just some incredibly
1: Beautiful tactical games, really fun games. They
0: will probably be the best r- regional matchups out of all of them because of that having played one another. Mm hmm. Of course, though, teams like Miami in that four seed could knock off Mississippi State and could change some things. They have defeated some pretty pretty phenomenal teams this year in conference play. So, interesting stuff. But let's talk a little expectations for this team. Some predictions now that we know what this bracket does look like. Um, Kelly Graves talked a little bit about UNESCO. So this might be the last two games of Sabrina Yanescu's career at Matthew Knight Arena which is awesome to say as a Mm -hmm. junior because that means that the WNBA has grown to a point where you can leave early and feel financially stable enough to take that leap.
1: Yeah, that's pretty exciting. It is. Pretty big deal.
0: He was a little hesitant on his answer. So he, he, he couldn't give a definite answer. And a good question that was asked was by James Krepia of the Oregonian. Is she registered for spring classes? If that's not the case for her,
1: well, what, wouldn't She'd she? Would she have to be to play in the final four? No.
0: No, because I mean, that's that's still part of the the winter season. I think is technically
1: okay because it's in spring.
0: Yeah, it's the
1: first week of spring term. Mm,
0: I mean, I guess you could take you can register and drop. Yeah, um, I think you don't get a w <laughs> on <your> Go <laughs> to syllabus <transfer>. week. Yeah, <laughs>
2: we'll
0: miss syllabus week for Tampa. Honestly, oh well, yeah, that'll be the case. But um, yeah. So it's a, just an interesting dilemma right now. Do you think we'll know? I think we won't find out till after the tournament. I think she's gonna wait no. to see. No way she makes this announcement. No. Wow.
2: No, absolutely.
0: But I'm sure as heck asking asking that question when she sits on the podium after, yeah, the second round game when Oregon is essentially. I'm. I mean, this is part of my prediction, of course, that they're gonna win that game.
1: Which one, Portland State? Oh, both of them. All. They're gonna both.
0: go through to Portland region. Okay. Yeah. Um. <laughs> We'll get into proper predictions. I didn't know you were talking about the Elite Eight
2: podium. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. (laughs)
1: But
0: yeah, this could be Sabrina Ionescu's last time playing at Matthew Knight Arena.
2: Yeah. My question was more so do we think if they make it a Sunday, you know, and they're playing well, they're playing strong, do you think we'll see it in her? Now that that she'll flat out say it, like she cries
0: on the court afterward or something, like there's an emotional sign. Yeah. I think that's something to watch for. And that's already something I'm considering as a as a sidebar following the game, I've mm-hmm. already like written <laughs> like spoiler alert. Everyone's going to write that anyway. Um, I guarantee I'm going to say the bylines that are going to have that James Crepia from the Oregonian is going to have it either him or Ken go or John Canzano. And then you're going to see it. Austin Meek's going to have it in the register guard. And then we're, <laughs> we're going to have it in the Emerald I guarantee it. Austin Meek friend of the podcast. Um, we should have him on <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, no, it's, it's, uh, a great question because will she answer it but like show that emotion? Because I look at like football season being a good indicator, but they have such a longer period of time after that's the thing. It's so quick the draft after the final four. It's so, it's so, fast. so quick It's, it's the like the
1: after. Wednesday after it's, yeah, it's, it's the week after. It's
0: and it, it's another it's double standard. It's another double standard. I'm just gonna say it. Like it's another double standard. But Football players have months, to, like a month to decide afterward. Justin Herbert announced before the bowl game, I'm I'm staying. And then you had Dylan Mitchell who's like, I don't know. And he's up there getting the award for player of the Redbox Bowl. And he's handed a trophy and he asked the question. And he goes, don't know yet. And then he announces afterward. Yeah, I'm going. So I think she goes based on Kelly's comments today. And I think she goes if they make a final four. I don't think that she needs to win the national. If she wins the national championship, she's gone.
2: Absolutely. I agree with that. Unless
0: in her mind she's like got this whole mentality think... of defend the title type of thing. But man, that would be hard to to bring yourself down. Also, you lose your backcourt best friend of Maite Kazorla that you've played with all three years here. That's hard to say goodbye to.
2: It's Do gonna be think... a totally different Do you think if they team. don't make it to Final Four, she'll still go? I we kind of talked about it last week, a Final Four or bust. Do you think if they don't make it that so far? I think
0: an Elite Eight loss is what would be most interesting, three years straight of that. like, How does that affect you as a player? And do you just say, all right, this was the chance? Because for me, this is their best chance that they will ever have for maybe two more years, three more years to make a Final Four. Um, It'll be interesting to watch for how she reacts when this tournament goes down to the wire. But I'm, I'm saying they make the Final Four just because they have seen Mississippi State before and Syracuse before. And this is also part of my assumption is that Taylor Chavez is back. If she is back and able to get 10 minutes in an Elite Eight game, I think Oregon goes through the Final Four. But if she is back. not back... Oregon is not making the final four. I don't know. That is how my prediction is basically. It's like an asterisk on it. You know, it's a tentative. But then at the same time, someone might argue with me that, oh, well, any injury could happen. But it's not the case with this for me because we already know she's injured and because Oregon is withholding so much information as it always does with injuries. As any coach really would, I guess, in this point in the season where you want the other team not to be able to just go, oh, well, we're not going to have to deal with Taylor. Mm-hmm. I think Taylor lights up the floor again she misses she or how was she against Mississippi State I mean earlier this season that was a phenomenal performance from her. She goes into this game as a freshman national stage and she walks onto this court and gets 29 minutes goes two of five for seven points hits some late shots and Oregon doesn't even just squeak by them. they run the clock down 82 74 comfortable enough for. A top matchup at Matthew Knight Arena. I think that when you play in Portland under those big lights, she's played under some big, on some big stages in Arizona in high school, and she's played on some big ones already this year for the Ducks. I think she'll be fine. But if I'm, she's healthy, they get to the final four. If they don't get to the final four, that's because it's not a full, fully healthy squad.
2: I'm kind of surprised. Like, obviously, we don't know her, the extent of severity of her injury, but I feel like well, going we kind from- of do. But well, we don't know the timeline. Well,
0: uh, well, timeline. Yeah, Of
2: recovery. Yeah. She yeah. said it
0: was like the fracture had healed.
2: Mm-hmm. That's what
0: she said in pack 12s right? So, like, what does that mean? Exactly. But she hasn't practiced. Exactly. I think that's a good point.
2: And so I, as someone looking from the outside, I would feel why if you if we were to bring her back for a tournament play, would it be harder to bring her back in the Moto Center, like you said, huge lights, bigger stage. Bigger audience there, much more. Those games mean a lot more than these first two rounds. Obviously, you can't get there unless you win the first two rounds. But I wouldn't be surprised, maybe, if she plays a couple minutes if these games this weekend are a little bit bigger blowouts. Because why wouldn't you want to warm her up before playing at the Moda Center? No. You don't think so?
0: Why risk that injury re aggravating? She hasn't practiced yet. She's not going to practice till at least Thursday, right? Or Wednesday, I guess, Mm -hmm. tomorrow. And Kelly said that right now they're just stretching and shooting. There's not really a ton of hard stuff because it is a small bench. It is a small team. So you don't want to risk that practice injury. That would that would blow. Um, but yeah, I think the final four or bust question for this team, it's it's true. Like this is final four or bust for a successful season at this point. Pac-12 regular season champs with a 16 and two Pac-12 record. Championship game lost to Stanford. Cool that doesn't matter as much as what you do in this, this run in this NCAA tournament. So is that the same for you too? Or is there, is there enough to say that it doesn't matter how far that I think it does. Obviously it's a silly question, but same as last week, successful season without a final four appearance.
2: I agree with you earlier. I think that, this bracket they got put into, they got lucky with it. I feel like they, like you said, this is one of the most, I don't want to say easiest, but I think it's one of the most. You're playing
0: the first four games at home and you're yeah. playing against familiar opponents for the Exactly. I Exactly. Most likely.
2: it's maybe easiest is the right word. I'm not quite sure. But it's the most, I feel like the most. Um, comfortable. Comfortable, yeah, thank you. That's the most comfortable path for them to get there. Where if you look at the other side of the whole bracket, you look at Oregon State. Um, and the trap that they're in, they're they have Louisville in there, they have UConn in there as well. So it's gonna be harder to get out of that one. Where at, like I feel like Oregon, I I think if they don't make it final four, I think it's a bust. I think season, like you said, season has still been Pac-12 record season champions, um, attendance records. I think having this fall onto their onto their laps this this late in the season, they they need to go. They need to muster up what they can't, and they need to make it. Another another l- loss in the Elite Eight would just, I think, that would be heart- heartbreak, especially for Oregon. I think it be heartbreak for Oregon, especially having that three times now and just being like, this is a much easier path than the past two paths they've had.
0: Got to get to that finish line, that analogy that I made last week of the marathon. I think it stands true. That wall at mile 18, they keep hitting it, mm-hmm. and that's the Elite Eight. It's that hurdle.
1: Yeah, I think I agree. I think three times elite eight run. Oh, that's it. Just, that's just it that just hurts. A taste yeah, um, I think that's how the team would feel, um, especially some of the older players who have been to the elite eight all three of those runs, juniors and seniors. seniors yeah, Ruthie. Um and even some of those red shirt players who maybe didn't play but were there. I think, I think, yeah, I think if you if they don't make it to the final four, it's just another elite eight, and and. I think this team is better than the Elite Eight. I think this team has the potential to do that, but I think it's going to they're going to have to fight for it and they're going to have to want it and they can't have those like second quarter, third quarter slumps where they're like falling apart and missing shots and um
0: Yeah, we'll podcast again and talk about how this potential Sweet 16 or if they get knocked out. How that yeah, season I guess obituary at that point. Um, if that, we'll we'll talk about it more about that. But I think in this weekend for Oregon, it's just do the basics, win these games, leave without injuries, minimum minutes for your starters who need those those time those uh, those rests. Mm-hmm. For me, that's Ruthie getting some time to sit down, and uh, Maite Maite after she played with the flu, but she's. She's incredible. She could probably do 40 minutes in both of these games, honestly. Um, She probably won't. You get Morgan Yeager going in. Sabrina will probably play close to 40. Maite will probably play close to 40. I I think Satu has to start hitting some threes and get just a rhythm going. Aaron Bolli is going to have to be the same. And we'll talk about that a lot more and see how they do on this weekend. But, man, do they need some – The Sabrina and Ruthie need some help from some other shooters? My goodness. And yeah, and for to be
1: a more consistent sh- like offensive threat,
0: does she just need to be more aggressive, or does she just need to sh- shoot when she's open? Because I think Maite just has this mindset where she passes it.
1: I think uh, yeah, I think she's a pass first player, which I think is really good in a lot of cases. But I think especially when you know Boley and sawto or Sobli aren't you know hitting the threes or even getting open, I think you you need her to be more of an offensive threat.
0: Absolutely. All right, let's get to it then. Where does this team finish this season? I said they get to the final four. I think they get to the final four. And right now I'm saying they lose in the final four. Exhaustion kicks in. My bracket right now has them winning it. That's probably going to change.
1: You think they make it to the final?
0: The final four
1: like but but you are Oh
0: my bracket has them winning it all just because I was like I messed it up and I was like oh they're playing Iowa and this is going to be the who's the best point guard in the uh in the country competition oh and then Sabrina's just going to rise to that occasion because she is such a competitor and so they'll get into the championship if that's the actual matchup but that's probably not what the actual matchup no. will be so that's just my bracket because I I really just wanted to have fun with this thing because I'm not going to be anywhere close to right so yeah. I just went for it yeah but in reality they lose in the final four for me, yeah, um, that's and what UConn I have. Too. Wins the whole I, have
1: thing. A, I have Baylor winning the whole thing. So
0: both of you have final Same. four. Wow. Okay. So both of you have final four appearances mm-hmm. for,
2: but then they lose in the final four. Okay. In my prediction. Okay. Yeah. Actually, I think i Notre Dame running the first, winning it all. No. no. Never mind. Take it back, back to back for Notre Dame. I think I do. Yep. I can't remember what I put down. Ooh. I put on so many brackets. What you have winning
1: at UConn?
0: Oh, I have Oregon on my actual bracket, but in oh. reality, UConn. Okay. Okay. My like bracket that I've submitted mm-hmm. for like. Our Daily Emerald group. (laughs) I have Oregon winning it because I just
2: It's fun. It's fun. Yeah.
0: I just went on instinct. I always go gut and see if I could get it done in less than a minute.
1: Yeah, I do like (laughs) gut and loyalty. Like I I, mm. like I had like a Mercer beating Iowa because I'm from Georgia and I was like, you
2: know what? Oh I went the team from Macon to beat (laughs) Iowa. I like the Cinderella stories. Everyone, oh, no, and yeah. then I'll pick a random like twenty seat, not twenty seat, duh, duh. But like. Oh, sorry that never up. I saw twelve in my head, and I said twenty. 20. I'll pick a twelve seat, trying to beat at like one seat, just for the fun of it. Yeah. Oh goodness. <laughs> yeah that. we you know, that twenty seat. They yeah. Have, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, 20 seed, always beating that negative 4 seed. Yeah, seat. you know. Um,
2: <laughs> it's madness. It's March Madness.
0: It is madness. It is March Madness. And this was our NCAA tournament preview podcast for Oregon women's basketball. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Click that subscribe button. Why not? we got plenty of other awesome podcasts: podcasts, men's basketball, sneaker podcasts, How It's Reported, one of my favorite podcasts on the Emerald Podcast Network. You can see how we report our cover stories. You can see the cover story was this week about the Me Too movement. It's a really good story. Ryan Nguyen will be publishing that podcast prior to the publication of this podcast. So just go back and check it out. You can also check it out on the bottom of the website, dailyemerald.com, where you can also donate to student journalism, help fund us. We are independent from the University of Oregon. We are self-funded, working ourselves to try and follow this Oregon women's basketball team around. We're also following the men's basketball team, too. So any every penny counts just trying to cover as much as we possibly can. and
1: Help us go to the Final Four. Help us
0: get there, yeah. Tampa. Tampa Bay. We don't get much of a spring break. We're covering this team all the way through. They most likely will be playing in Portland. So keep an eye on that. Thankfully, that's just up by five for us. But subscribe, read the Daily Emerald, pick up copies of the physical newspaper as well on newsstands around the campus of the University of Oregon, Oregon women's basketball Friday versus Portland state Sunday, second round possible matchup with Texas or Indiana. And then the Portland regional coverage will be all over the place on Twitter at ODESports sports and at daily Thanks for listening.